Good morning, Cornelius. Welcome to About Town, typically hosted by Mayor Woody Washam and today hosted by your communications manager, Malin Joyner. Thank you for tuning in today. I am joined by a special guest, Chief David Bauckham. Would you like to say hi to the people? Sure. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> All right. So we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the police department and some holiday safety tips, as well as some upcoming events. But let's jump by, right, right in by getting to know David a little bit more. Can you tell me about how you got into law enforcement? Sure. So back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was working at a warehouse that's similar to Sam's Club that's called Pace Warehouse. And they had uh, off-duty deputy sheriffs that worked there. And I got to know them. And one in particular was actually a martial arts instructor. So through him, I got involved in martial arts. And the more martial arts I took, the more I got involved in and met other deputy sheriffs and, and he just kind of led me on a, a path to law enforcement. And I'm, I'm very thankful for him. Uh, he was actually the sitting sheriff of Mecklenburg County. Uh, one sheriff ago, his name was Orrin Carmichael. So a very, very dear friend of mine still to this day, but you know, who knew just an average kid working in a uh, warehouse one day would, would meet someone like that that would have such an impact on their life. Yeah. That's not an average path to, to get no. into law enforcement at all. No. How long have you been with CPD? So I've been with the Cornelius Police Department uh, like 24 and a half years. April will be 25 years for me. Awesome. Congratulations on, on that long tenure. Did you work anywhere before Cornelius? So I worked for the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office for almost six years before I came here. Hence that connection to uh, Earl Carmichael, who got me involved in it back then. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a great time working there. Got a lot of experience uh, working in the jails. I spent about two and a half years working in the jail. Uh, roughly a year and a half, two years working on their fugitive transport division. And then the last year I spent there, I worked on a domestic violence unit where I served in enforced restraining orders. Oh, wow. So it was it was a good time when I was there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we're happy to have you here now. Well, thank um, you. And you've been a great police chief so far, at least in my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> What's your favorite part of being a police chief? I would definitely say the people, uh, the employees, the, the residents, and, and really everybody that we get an opportunity to kind of interact with. You know, this is just a, a great community to live, work, and play, and you know, it's just, it's great being in the position I'm in and, and being able to get that opportunity to go out and just meet everyone. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people probably don't know what exactly a police chief does. Can you describe your, your duties as the head of the department? My goodness. Uh, there's <laughs> the list goes a, on. a lot of duties. And uh, if anyone knows, you know, I was sworn in as the chief of police on January. Uh, it was technically January 3rd of 2023. So I haven't been in the position that long, but, uh, but I have been with the department for a while. But a lot of the duties are administrative, you know, preparing the, the budgets, uh, planning, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but trying to look at more long-term goals five years from now, 10 years from now, and see what the, the needs of the department and the officers will be uh, even then. Of course, there's the the, the regular kind of day-to-day -day activities that go on, reviewing reports, um, personnel matters, things like that. And, you know, of course, I love to still get out and, and police when I can. Mm -hmm. You know, every opportunity I get, I go out and and work with the officers because that, that gets me out in the community. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I know people love seeing you out and about. Uh, it sounds like it's a, a pretty challenging job all in all. You know, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders and you handle it with grace. But what is the most challenging part of it for you? Uh, probably the most challenging part is just simply the the time management and prioritizing. You know, my my heart and and I've always said this is, is on patrol. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the greatest job in the department because you're out in the community. You know, you're actually doing what you got into law enforcement for. You're mm -hmm. serving and protecting and, and trying to help others. But, you know, through the years, um, the way things uh, happened and I got promoted, I came to realize that, you know, it would be really good for someone who cared so much about the, the community and 
patrol to be in the higher ranking positions because they just, they have that mindset. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned patrol. I know that there are several different units and divisions within the department. That's one of them, correct? Yes. Yeah. What are the others that police officers fall into? So patrol makes up by far our, our largest uh, division that are in field operations. You know, that's probably 80% of our officers work there. And that's the officers that you see, you know, in uniform and marked cars responding to calls. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, we have a traffic safety unit. Uh, we have three officers, uh, a corporal, and then a, a sergeant assigned to that unit, and they go out and address all the different traffic concerns without, around town, whether it's speeding, stop sign, violations, uh, just pretty much anything that comes up. Uh, we also have a lake patrol unit. Mm -hmm. We are responsible for patrolling the waters of Lake Norman uh, within Mecklenburg County. So we have a, an eight-member uh, team that works out there with a supervisor, and they are available to respond 24 hours a day seven days a week to anything that happens on the lake. And mm -hmm. and that's just a, a great resource because, you know, this time of year you may get a, a bright, warm, sunny day and people want to go out and enjoy <laughs> the lake and they just don't realize that, yes, it's hot outside, but the lake temperature has dropped. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they go in, they can suddenly be in a dangerous situation. So those guys are there available to, uh, to respond. Uh, on the other side of our department, we have our support services division, and that's where uh, we have – officers who work in training and recruiting. Uh, we have school resource officers. Uh, a lot of that is what I call kind of the logistics behind the scenes side of the department. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a detective division. Uh, we have four detectives and a supervisor assigned there and, and they work, you know, a, a whole array of cases, you know, from, from person cases to property cases. Uh, and we also have what I like to refer to as our crime reduction unit. And uh, there's four detectives assigned there and those guys go out and just kind of address whatever the crime of the day is. If we're experiencing car break-ins or, mm -hmm. you know, larcenies at one of our um, larger stores or something like that, those guys go out and, and address that and, and try to help solve that issue. Okay. Well, good resources all around. And it's nice to know that our department is so well-staffed by mm -hmm. very capable individuals. Uh, I know I've spent some time with the Lake Patrol Department and they're a great group of people, like you said, a very important resource when you have as much shoreline as we do compared to the other municipalities around here. Um, and I know during the summer, the lake can be a little bit of a challenge for them. And like you said, there it are is. some winter challenges too and dangers out there. What would you say differentiates the Cornelius Police Department from some of the other departments in our region? So we do things differently. You know, we, we really care about our community. You know, our patches say community police and driven, and, and we strongly believe in that. And, you know, I would never want to talk bad about other agencies, mm -hmm. but we certainly try to go that extra mile. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we can help someone, you know, uh, we have uh, some seniors in the community and at times we may have gone and picked up prescriptions for them or changed a light bulb mm -hmm. or I've even helped a lady uh, reset her answer machine because she had a power blip and when <laughs> it came back on, it was in Spanish <laughs> and not English. So, you know, just that opportunity to... Uh, to kind of be involved with the community, I, th I think is really what makes us different. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't see that. I didn't know that you went that far above and beyond, though I did know that you do that very often. I know even recently uh, police officers were collecting shopping carts out of the Food Lion parking lot and around town. Yes, yeah. yes, and we do that because, you know, they're, one, they belong to Food Lion, so mm -hmm. it's it's their property, but, you know, it's also sort of an eyesore out in the community, so, mm -hmm. you know, we'll get some officers together and go collect them and, and bring them back. Yeah, well, that's just awesome. You don't see that a lot of places, just taking that initiative and really taking the time to care about not only, you know, property being returned to where it's supposed to be, but how the community looks and how it feels and, mm -hmm. and just really, you know, taking care to cultivate that sense of community. 
uh, is something that you don't see in a lot of police departments. And so I'm glad that we can brag on that here. Before we head to our commercial break, how safe would you say Cornelius is? Cornelius is very safe compared to to other towns, you know, in this area. But I always tell people, you know, just always be vigilant. Just watch out for your surroundings and, and don't fa- take for granted that crime's not going to happen because we do have crime happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It happens everywhere. But it does. rest assured, you're in good hands. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. You are listening to About Town. See you soon. Welcome back to About Town. I am your host today, Malin Joyner, filling in for Mayor Woody Washam, and I am joined by a special guest, Chief David Bauckham of the Cornelius Police Department. I will say I am happy to hear the weather forecast. It sounds like it's finally winter. No more (laughs) 60, 70 degree days. Just wait a day. It may change again. (laughs) You never know. I can't trust my Apple weather anymore. Mm. So we just talked a little bit about you and how you got into law enforcement and a little bit about the department, but I'd like to know more about your priorities as chief, because it seems like every chief has their own priorities and their own agenda that they would like to enact throughout their tenure. Um, and I know mental health has been a big focus for you and your administration so far. Can you tell me a little bit more about why that is and what made this topic stick out to you as one that needed to be prioritized? Sure. So there's always been sort of the stigma uh with mental health in, in law enforcement. And, you know, when I started, you know, I, I was no different than anyone else. You know, the, the motto was kind of, you know, suck it up buttercup and, <laughs> and just keep going, you know, for what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and no one really took a, a look at the, the toll that this job has on police officers, you know, over a period of time, you know, we, we see things, we hear things, we experience things that, that normal people just don't. I know. can't imagine. And we have yeah. to have a way to, to kind of process that. And, you know, it's it's very difficult sometimes to to just keep that all inside. Mm-hmm. So you know, you need a, a mechanism to 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 get that out and 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 hopefully help you deal with it better. And I guess my first you know real dose of a, a horrific incident here was back in 2015. A Lieutenant James Quattlebaum was shot in the line of duty, mm-hmm. and I saw what he went through and the other officers that were on scene went through. And you know, I realized that we've we've got to take some steps to. To one, make sure that they get the help they need, but but also the other officers for all the other things that uh, that they kind of see. Mm-hmm. So we've we've really made great strides towards that. Um, two years ago, the uh, the the town approved a, a plan that's a first responders first program, and it gives officers uh, additional access to uh, to mental health resources and and really just an outlet to to talk to someone. And it's not just you know. Uh, a counselor it's a counselor that has specific training in in dealing with law enforcement officers and Mm -hmm. things that that we kind of see and and kind of experience and you know i think you know as as a country as a nation we've seen that shift uh, especially with what law enforcement has been through in the past you know just a couple years with that public sentiment really being turned down on law enforcement Mm -hmm. and you know i will say thankfully I've never experienced that here. This community has been 100 percent supportive throughout my entire career and and we're so thankful for that but you know, when you when you see and you hear things and it, you know, it's on the news every night, it, it still impacts all law enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. So it's just important for us to to kind of normalize and, and really recognize and say, yeah, mental health is important, you know, and, and sometimes they they need a break. You know, sometimes they need a, an opportunity to kind of step away and, and get a fresh start. Definitely. So, and I think your average person can't fully grasp what it is that an officer sees on a, a day-to-day basis. And how you do kind of have to brush that off a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of people just assume that it's part of the job and it's what you signed up for. But 
I think most officers signed up for it because they wanted to take care of people, not because they wanted to see horrific things every day. Right. Yeah. So it is still important that, that they receive that treatment. Would you say that your staff has taken well to these new initiatives? They have. You know, it, it's been very beneficial. And, you know, like anything else, change is difficult, you know, for, mm. for any agency, for any person. But, you know, I think our our plan to kind of normalize it and it just kind of becomes part of the routine that, mm -hmm. that after uh, a very you know, horrific incident, you know, we do a critical incident debrief and we talk about it and mm -hmm. we bring in a trained, you know, professional. So the officers have that opportunity to kind of get that out. Yeah. So I think that's really helped normalize it. And, you know, hopefully one day no one will even miss a beat. You know, <laughs> when, when we have something, you know, it'll be expected that, that they're going to talk about it and hopefully get it out and, you know, and be able to, to move on to the next call. Yeah, that would be great. And, you know, it, it does take time. It's one of those things where you might not want to admit that you need help right off the bat, but right. you, you can always tell when it's taking a toll on you. Oh, you yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, it's a it's a heavy weight to carry around, and we thank you all for, for doing it. Thank you. Um, what are some of your other priorities as this chief? So my priorities kind of shift depending on, you know, what the needs of the department and the community are. But, you know, overall, my main priority is just to make sure that, that I'm preparing uh, my staff for the future, you know, giving them the tools and the resources and the training to uh, to replace me one day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've told uh, many officers that nothing would, you know, give me more joy than to know that I swore in a future police chief, <laughs> you know, and that I was able to help, you know, provide them the opportunities they needed, you know, to progress through the department and, and one day run the department and, mm -hmm. and serve this community. Yeah, and a, a strong manager, you know, the manager seems like a weird word to use to describe the chief of police, but that is essentially what you are. You're the manager of the police department. Right. And having a strong manager is very inspiring for a lot of people, and it can bring out a lot of attributes, characteristics that you might not have known that you had. And so right. hopefully your police officers take advantage of you while they still have you around and well, use you as a resource. Uh, what are some improvements that you want to see in staff? I know we have a very strong police department and that, you know, overall we're all very happy with the service and the, the quality of service that we receive. But from you, what are some improvements that you'd like to see? So no specific improvements, uh, you know, again, just, you know, making sure that we're providing them with those resources and, and tools that they need just so they can better do their jobs. You know, it's it's like trying to hit a moving target many <laughs> times because, you know, especially with technology, technology changes every single day. Mm -hmm. So the technology we have today may work today, but it may not work tomorrow. So it's just kind of keeping, you know, an, an eye on that ball and, and making sure that we're, we're keeping up with the needs of the department, which in turn helps us keep up with the needs of the community for the cases that we're working. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we've done that so far, kept up with technology as quickly as it's we developing? Yeah. It, it's taken time. Uh, this past year, we implemented uh, quite a few new programs uh, under digital forensics that have been extremely beneficial in, you know, working the cases and, you know, we're, we're working a, a very serious missing child investigation mm -hmm. right now. And through that case, it kind of brought to light some of the, the tools that we didn't have that we did need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certainly we don't want another case of that magnitude in the future, but if we, if we have something else, at least we have those tools and resources kind yeah. of in place. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a good thing to keep track of. Cause I know with how quickly everything moves, you know, you, you miss one beat and all of a sudden you're 10 steps behind and mm -hmm. you didn't even realize it. So I'm glad that you guys are staying on top of it, and I'm sure that's very reassuring for our community to know. Uh, we also operate our own 911 center, and I'm sure that that is, I'm sure that that develops very quickly too. The technologies that are available to those call centers. It does. Yeah. Uh, our 911 center is really an asset to this community. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, there's only three PSAPs, public safety answering points, in the county, and one of them is here 
one of them is in Pineville and then the other one is in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, a resident or someone driving through, remember the community calls 911, it goes to our 911 center here mm -hmm. and our dispatchers are familiar with the area. You know, they can quickly dispatch officers to help. And, you know, I just can't say uh, enough good things mm -hmm. about that 911 center. And, and it is expensive because we do have to keep up with the, uh, the ever changing technology and, you know, thankfully, there's money allotted by the state through 911 funds that that mm -hmm. helps with that. But there's still a lot of costs associated with it. But you know, it's it's more than worth it to have that that resource here, so that you know, people aren't getting put on hold, cars calls mm -hmm. aren't getting transferred to other agencies. You know, when you call 911 here, a live dispatcher here answers, and and we mm -hmm. get help on the way. Yeah, when you need help, you get help, and that's that's a great thing right, about that's it. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. I know when um Vaughn and Steve were here the last time I hosted, we talked a little bit about the 911 center, but I don't think I asked what area our 911 center actually covers is it just cornelius it's just cornelius uh, we we do contract with davidson college so we respond or we answer calls for them so mm -hmm. but it's primarily just cornelius now and you know years ago we we dispatched for the town of huntersville and also the town of davidson mm -hmm. and you know that was great then because we pretty much had the the whole north end of the county mm -hmm. so when when something happened in one town everybody else in the other towns do about it mm -hmm. you know so but like I say, that times change, and, and right now it's just the town of Cornelius, but yeah. you know, it's still a great resource for all of our residents here. Mm -hmm. With how much populations have grown in our neighboring towns, I can't imagine it would be super sustainable to keep up operations for the other two as well. So right. I think it was a smart we decision. We definitely have to add staff. Mm -hmm. um, and it is also nice that, like you said, the 911 operators here genuinely know the town very well. They probably live here, and they definitely work here. Yeah, many of them live here, and, and, and many of them have worked here for a long period of time, so they're they're familiar with all the different areas in town. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's great. And I'm really happy that we have that. Um, those are some improvements that you wanted to see within the department, at least technology wise. Um, but we, I asked you a minute ago how safe you thought Cornelius was. Are there any crimes that we see more frequently here or incidents that we see more frequently where the community could be more vigilant? I, I would definitely say property crimes. And that could be anything from, from larcenies to uh, vehicle break-ins to, you know, any number of things. And, and I think it's because you know, people do believe this is a, is a safe community and mm -hmm. they kind of let their guard down. You know, it's not uncommon to uh, to see people that go to a, a local park and mm -hmm. they leave their purse in the front seat, they leave <laughs> their window down, they leave their door unlocked. And, mm -hmm. you know, certainly they shouldn't be victims of a crime, but they're almost inviting it to some extent. So mm -hmm. we have a program that's called Habit Halt Auto Break-Ins Today, and, and we promote that. And, you know, we really encourage people, especially if you're out exercising, to lock your valuables in the trunk of your car or in the rear of your SUV and just, you know, make it more difficult. And the same thing at your home. You know, if you have an automobile that uses a key fob and a push button start, make sure you take the key fob out of the car. Yeah. You know, because if somebody comes to your neighborhood, all they got to do is open the door and step in and push the button and if mm -hmm. the car cranks, you know, they know that they have your vehicle then. Yeah. And they may only take it for a joyride, but during that joyride, they may tear it up or, or mm -hmm. whatever else. So, you know, anything we can get them to do to try to, lessen the opportunity to be victims of crime is helpful. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I know whenever I switched from a car that had an actual key, I had an insert and turn to a car that was just pushed to start. I would walk out every single day like, where, where is my key? You know, I would right. just forget about it. And I think a lot of people do when you get into that habit of having an actual physical key on you. So I think that's a great tip. Um, those don't happen often though, right? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we have some auto vehicle theft and you know, when you when you look at our numbers, and I just reported uh, on them to a presentation uh, yesterday, the numbers look higher than they really are. But a lot of times, it's more unauthorized use, but it gets listed as a mm -hmm. a, a vehicle larceny. Yeah. So someone 
let a friend borrow their car and they didn't return it and aren't answering their phone, they can't get it back, so they have to come to us to help okay. you know, retrieve it legally. Yeah, well, that so, makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. All right, we're going to head into another commercial break shortly, but is there anything else you want to share about your priorities as chief, just for our residents to know? Uh, just know that, you know, our residents are our number one priority. You know, we're we're out there, we're visible, we're available to respond uh, anytime they need help. And, you know, like I say, and, and we really do have such a great community, it's not uncommon for you know, residents to flag officers out and just say thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not uncommon to go into a restaurant and maybe a resident uh, buys a meal for a police officer. All those are just, you know, wonderful attributes that the, this community offers to our officers. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just appreciate it so much. Yeah, very kind of them to do that. And I'm sure very much appreciated it by is. our officers. You are listening to About Town and we will be right back after a few brief messages. a jazzy song. I think I like that one the best. <laughs> Welcome back to About Town. I am your guest host today, Malin Joyner, communications manager for the town of Cornelius. I am filling in for Mayor Woody Washam, and I have a very special guest with me today, Chief David Bauckham of the Cornelius Police Department. So far, we've talked a little bit more about David and how he got into law enforcement and his priorities as chief, but next it's time to talk about the most interesting topic whenever it comes to working in government administration, and that is the budget. Oh boy, the budget <laughs> word. I know, the big scary B word that takes over a lot of our time this time of year. Um, we start our budget process very early on so that we can make sure we have a very comprehensive budget, that we um, fund items that are, are priorities for our citizens. And the police department um, is a big part of the budget. I won't say the biggest because I don't actually know, but... Right. We are. We are the largest department in the town. So, mm-hmm. yes, we, yeah. we account for a large percentage of the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just staff alone. Um, it does take up a big piece of the pie. And that's a good thing in a lot of ways because, you know, the the expenditures that you have are, are necessary for the function of the department and for public safety as a whole. Uh, this past fiscal year, I know we passed a few items that you had been wanting for the department. What were some improvements that were made in FY24? So probably the the biggest improvement was adding SROs to our elementary schools. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this has been a topic of conversation for for some years, and you know CMS funds the SROs at uh, our high school and our middle school during the school year. They pay for nine months, we pay for three months. Mm-hmm. But you know we always felt like there was this need at the elementary schools, and at one time we had a dare officer who floated who floated between the elementary schools and taught dare, and then. The dare program kind of went to the wayside just a just a little bit, but you know we still had that need, and you know it's it's so important for us to be able to get out and interact with especially young children and mm-hmm. start building that relationship with with police you know early on so that they know that we really are there to help you mm-hmm. know if if they're lost or they have a problem or if there's something going on at home they mm-hmm. can come to us and and we'll help. So, in uh. May of 2022, there was the horrific school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Mm -hmm. And at at that point, it really, really became a a priority to me to try to really push to get SROs um, in our elementary schools. But in addition to that, um, we were trying to think of what we could do right then. So we actually started a school safety patrol uh, program. And Mm -hmm. we asked for volunteers from the community to just come to our schools. Now they were they were fully vetted. We had background checks and mm-hmm. and all that, so it wasn't just a total stranger on the school grounds. But um, they were kind of our eyes and ears and looking for anything you know suspicious that may be going on on campus. Just you know trying to be you know that 
that barrier between us and or between the bad guys in, in the school, you know, that they could hopefully report something to us sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So that that worked really well. And, and we're actually still doing that. But through the, the budget process, I requested SROs for our elementary schools. And um, thankfully, that was approved. Um, it, it started out uh, a half an officer for a half a year or one officer for a half a year. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being two full time officers, which was great. So we selected uh, Officer Jamal Rucker and Officer Baxter Road to work at the schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're doing great. The The schools love it. The kids love it. Mm-hmm. The parents love it. And, and we love the fact that we have officers there on campus. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's no faster response than to have someone there when an incident happens. And, you know, we, we hope and pray, of course, that we never have, you know, any type of active shooter incident on any of our campuses, mm-hmm. you know, really anywhere in the world. But again, but, you know, much less on our campuses. But at least if we do or we have any other incident, we have an officer there that's uh, available and, and ready to respond at a moment's notice. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm sure that makes everyone feel a lot better about I it. Like it you does. said, it's a it's a sad reality that you never know what's going to happen, and we yeah. hope and pray that it never happens here. Um, but I know both of those gentlemen fairly well, and I don't think you could have picked anyone better to, no, to they, protect uh, and guard our schools. They both have a, a love for, for that type of you know, involvement with our youth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jamal is is helping coach the uh, football team at the middle school. Mm-hmm. He wants to get involved in basketball. You know, uh, Baxter is doing really good things at the school there and trying to start uh, a mentor program and just, you know, kind of be that, that person the kids can come to mm-hmm. uh, if they do need something. Yeah, and that's great. I know I saw on Facebook recently, if you're not following Cornelius Police Department on Facebook, please do for lots of feel-good content. But it looked like Baxter had gone to a student's family restaurant and uh, Officer Rucker was helping with Girls on the Run. And so yes. it's nice to see how involved yes. they so actually do get. They're very involved, you know, with with the schools and with the community as well. And, you know, between the work that they're doing and also the work that uh, that Officer Motorelli is doing at the high school and mm-hmm. Officer Nobles is doing at the middle school, you know, we have a we have a great thing going with our SROs up here. So I'm very, very proud of that. Yeah, you should be. Uh, it sounds like they do a lot of extracurricular, extracurricular activities or at least things that are not in their job description. What does an SRO fundamentally do so they're there at the school number Mm -hmm. one to provide you know security but in addition to that they also sort of serve as a a mentor and then uh, they also teach um, somewhat Mm -hmm. in the class now there's not instructional time necessarily set aside for them to teach a specific class Mm -hmm. but there are opportunities for them to to teach on a a a topic to you know the kids whether it may be uh, a safe driving class to the Mm -hmm. high school students or something that would help prepare the middle school students and even a program such as DARE at the elementary schools, you know, we're, we're trying to get um, either DARE or another program they have out that's called GREAT, mm-hmm. um, Gang Resistance and Education Training, uh, but it has a component of DARE in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything they can do to to just help teach those kids and, and again, help, you know, prepare them for the future, yeah. you know, that's kind of their role. And I think it starts with having a, a good relationship with law enforcement at a young age. Like you said, just that visibility alone, because so many people, even as adults, they see a police officer and their first instinct is to be fearful for whatever reason. Right. And, and I'll tell you one of my pet peeves, if you're out in a store and someone's child is misbehaving and they mm-hmm. see a police officer, the first <laughs> thing they tell the child is, if you don't stop, I'm going to have that police officer lock you up. And, <laughs> and I've told more than one parent, do not tell your child that. Mm-hmm. You know, we do not want children to be afraid of us. We want children to come to us when they mm-hmm. need help. Yeah. You know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, definitely. I, I will start preventing that whenever <laughs> I see it out and about, and I'll stop telling my children that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so what are some other um, improvements that were made in this last budget aside from our wonderful SROs? So we're doing some security improvements uh, within our building. Um, 
you know, over the last couple of years, we have seen a lot of changes in law enforcement. Uh, we actually had two protests in the street out in front of our police department, and we qu quickly realized that, mm -hmm. you know, thankfully they were peaceful, but had they not been peaceful, we may have had some difficulties, you know, maintaining control of our building. Mm -hmm. So we're doing some uh, improvements there uh, internally. Um, our CAD system that uh, our officers use to get dispatched to calls uses uh, mapping and we realize that no one here within our department is a mapping expert. <laughs> so we actually contracted with a company that, you know, is helping keep all of our maps up to date so that the officers can respond, you know, quicker uh, with all the, the new development and changes across the town. The, the streets are, are changing almost daily sometimes. Mm -hmm. So this service makes sure that, you know, that we have the, the latest streets and addresses in our, our, our computer system so that the officers can respond as quickly as they can. Mm -hmm. um, we also replaced some crime scene equipment. You know, we spoke earlier about, you know, the ever-changing, you know, technology. Well, it's not only the uh, the digital age, it's it's physical things like uh, crime scene cameras, things like that. You know, over time, they kind of wear out or need to be replaced, or, or maybe there's just a, a newer product out that's much, much better. Mm -hmm. So we replaced um, some of that as well. So, you know, we we were able to uh, to accomplish quite a few things we, we wanted within budget, and, you know, we're just thankful for the the support of the board of commissioners and, and also the town manager to allow us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's all much needed uh, equipment that is that is being uh, delegated in the budget over to the police department. I have two quick questions for you. I know the fire department often talks about these new developments that are coming up and how density changes their approach to fighting fires and how height changes their approach to fighting fires. Do these denser buildings uh, pose any challenges to police officers who are responding to calls? It does. And, you know, what comes to mind for me first is apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you respond to an apartment complex, it's often not easy to find your way around. Mm -hmm. You know, the buildings, yes, they're they're labeled, but they're not all labeled in the same place, the same location. You know, some use numbers for apartments, some use letters. Mm -hmm. You know, some it's it's the odd alphabet on one side and the even alphabet on the other. So it's very difficult to find your way around. So mm -hmm. you know, in areas like that, it's definitely a challenge. And you know, that's. That's one of the reasons we encourage our officers to get out and, and be familiar with with all the the complexes and housing developments within their response area. Mm -hmm. You know, just so if something bad does happen, they're, they're they can ready. respond that much faster. Yeah, I know. Even in my own apartment complex, I live down in Charlotte, where they're ten times bigger and ten times crazier. I can hardly find my way to my own apartment sometimes. So yeah. I can only imagine how hard it is for police officers. You also mentioned uh, some security cameras around town that have been replaced. I know recently. Some neighborhood security cameras went up or traffic cameras went up. It, was that a, a resident-funded initiative or was that mostly the neighborhood? It, it was uh, resident-funded, and mm -hmm. we added uh, two cameras on Jaton Road, and, and that had been a project we'd been working on for a period of time. And we, we had a couple of cameras out there, uh, and, and they were kind of aging out. But we also had some intersections that we felt like needed coverage and, and did not have the coverage because if – if we have a crime occur, of course, we use our camera system to try to help locate, you know, suspects, vehicles or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So this will help narrow down where someone, you know, may have turned. But the uh, the residents of that community got together and, and funded that project and we were able to add them to our existing camera system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while we would have loved to uh, to have used town funds to do that, you know, those those funds are, are limited. And, mm -hmm. you know, at this point, we're pretty much just kind of keeping up with the system we have, replacing cameras as, need, as needed. And, and we do try to add some when we can. But, mm -hmm. you know, certainly if there's any other areas in town that would want to do something similar, you know, we'd be 
we'd be happy to work with them as well. Yeah, definitely. It is very good to see the community come together and try and get something like that going because, you know, the, the budget is very constrained. It, it might seem like this giant dollar amount, but at the end of the day, every single cent has a place that it needs to go. And so we can't just add things to the budget, sadly. Um, I know that you said that that neighborhood specifically reached out to you and you've been working with them. What are some other ways that the department receives support, whether it be from neighborhoods or different organizations? I know Top Deck is a, a big contributor. Um, they are. So Top Deck was funded after uh, Lieutenant Qualabom was shot in the line of duty back mm-hmm. in 2015. The, the community really gave us a, a big outpouring and wanted to support us, but we realized that there just wasn't a mechanism in place really for, for residents to be able to, to donate. So mm-hmm. Top Deck was formed, and, and they've just been uh, phenomenal uh, Don and Bridget Rainey uh, run that foundation now, and you know the basis of the foundation foundation is to support the officers. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that after the break. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with us. We do have a quick, um, a few messages from our sponsors that we'll play for you quickly, and we will be right back with About Town. I'm Malin Joyner, communications manager, and we will be right back. Welcome back to About Town, typically hosted by Mayor Woody Washam, but today you just get little old me, a Malin Joyner, the town's communications manager, joined by Chief David Bauckham of the Cornelius Police Department. Thank you for tuning in. We were just talking a little bit about Top Deck, which is a local organization um, that donates a lot of equipment to the police department and has been a great supporter. I know we trailed off with your thought a little bit, but is there anything you want to add to that, Chief? Sure. So when, when Top Deck was founded, like I say, there there was a, a public outpour of, of support and, and we didn't have, have a mechanism in place to really accept that. So it was formed and, and their mission and goal was to support the officers. And, you know, when we, we talk about budget, what I take to uh, the manager and the board are, are needs. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there are wants also that, you know, we may not necessarily consider a need, but it would still be beneficial to the department. So that's where Top Deck has has really stepped in. You know, we we have um, well, we will have 13 miles of greenway. You mm-hmm. know, when the uh, emerald the, necklace right is is completed in just a few years or maybe sooner than that. But you know, we we quick, quickly realized that we needed a way to patrol those. So Top Deck did some fundraisers and they actually helped us buy or they they purchased two uh, dual sport motorcycles mm-hmm. that officers can use on the greenway. And uh, those have been great. Uh, we used them in a parade just this past weekend. But unfortunately, not everyone can ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So they came to me and said, well, what else would you want? And I said, well, I would love to have a, a UTV. <laughs> so sure enough, they do a fundraiser. And we were able to buy a UTV just a few years ago that you know we used to patrol the greenways. And the benefit of it is that it's a licensed vehicle. So anyone mm-hmm. with a license can drive it on the street just like they would any other car. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may see it riding around town and, you know, it can easily go off road onto the greenway or, you know, into another area if we need it. So, you know, kind of in addition to that, um, Top Deck provides a gift for officers on their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's always something meaningful and the officers look forward to it. And, you know, it's just, it, it's exciting to have a group of people within our town that that really love and support the police department that much and they're willing to go that extra mile and you know of course they can't do it without the the people that donate as well Mm -hmm. so you know anyone that's interested they have their own website you know i'm sure that bridget or or don or or both would would love to to speak to you yeah absolutely there is always room for more people to support our police department Mm 
Um, and there are many different ways to get involved. I know the police department also hosts several um, citizens academies or at least just one throughout the year, correct? Yes. So years ago when we first started it, we would do a citizens academy in the spring and then one in the fall as well. And then uh, over time, the um, the public interest kind of dwindled just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got into COVID and we weren't able to do them at all. But we've started them back and we actually just graduated a class on November 21st. Uh, so we do do them in the fall. Um, it's a 12-week program. Citizens come uh, one night a week, normally on Tuesdays, for about three hours. Uh, we provide a meal, and uh, then we do a presentation on a different area of our department. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity to expose citizens to the department and, and all the different you know components within the department, whether it's our communication center, our accreditation, um, our SWAT team, our canine unit. Um, at one time, they were able to take uh, tours down and see the the courts and the jail. Now mm-hmm. we haven't been able to do that again since COVID, but I hope that we can get back to that as well. But we've also uh, been able to get quite a few volunteers out of our Citizens Academy. And you think, well, what would a what would a volunteer <laughs> really do with a police department? Mm-hmm. And and I promise you, if you come there, we can find something you know for somebody to do. Yeah. But uh, we have two uh, very long term vo- volunteers, and you know they've uh, helped with everything from clerical and records type stuff to. Um, helping strip old police vehicles and getting them ready for, for surplus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just a, another benefit of the Citizens Academy is, you know, we develop those long-lasting relationships, and, you know, it's just a, a great resource for us to have. Yeah, definitely. And there's always the animal shelter, too, if you, oh, yes. <laughs> you need yeah, somewhere to volunteer. Animal shelter. Yeah, yeah, you got some cute pups down there. I saw mm-hmm. them on the website earlier. Uh, so those are just a few ways that citizens can get involved. But back to the budget just a little bit. I know we've talked about SROs. We've talked about equipment. What are some of the the projects, expenditures, um, different things that have that have come from the budget in the recent years that you think have made the biggest difference? So, like many agencies, you know, we were experiencing uh, vacancies, uh, quite a few vacancies in recent years, and the the town recognized that and started implementing salary studies. And you know, they uh, they they do their best to keep our salaries competitive with our neighboring agencies mm-hmm. because it's. It's, it's difficult to, to recruit and hire and train a police officer, and then it, it sucks for them to stay with you for, you know, 12 months, 18 months, or two years, and then suddenly they're gone to another agency because mm-hmm. they can make $5,000 more there or something. And it's right down the road. It's yeah. not like it's a hard transition. It's, right. It's not a hardship on them to move. So the, the town has really done a great job, you know, increasing our salaries, and, and now they're taking a look at it on a, a regular basis, and, you know, we're staying competitive. We're certainly not the, uh, the highest paid by any means, but, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that... You know the officers are being fairly compensated based on their their duties and responsibilities here, and you know again just can't thank the uh, the the board and the manager enough for for recognizing that and in that support. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a, a, another big change is our vehicles. <clears throat> when I first started here, uh, we all shared vehicles. We called it hot seat knit. That vehicle <laughs> ran twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, and over time they realized that. You know, we needed more vehicles. You know, mm-hmm. we were just wearing vehicles out too fast, and and honestly, we couldn't buy vehicles faster than we were wearing them out. Mm-hmm. So we implemented a one-on-one car program, uh, and it took probably about ten years to get to that point. But we're we're at that point now where everyone has their own assigned car, and you know, much like someone who goes to work in an office building, you know, their desk is their office. Well, that mm-hmm. that police car is that officer's office. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of his things are there. You know, everything's right where he left it when he went off duty the last time. Mm-hmm. So that's been a, a, a great benefit, you know. And then uh, as long as we're not having a, a major gas hike, you mm-hmm. know, we're able to to take the cars home for the most part. 
you know, even, you know, a, a short distance away from the town. So that's just a, an added benefit and perk for the officers mm -hmm. that come to work here to be able to take their car home. Definitely. And especially for the officers who live in town, I'm sure it makes their neighbors feel a lot better that there's a patrol oh, car yeah. parked in their driveway. Definitely. You know, we, we love that. And, and, you know, this is, this is an ex expensive area to live and, and the town actually implemented a residency incentive to make it more beneficial for not just police officers, but mm -hmm. firefighters and really all town employees to be able to, to live here where they, they work, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely a benefit to have a, a marked police car in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, it serves as a great deterrent, and and also those officers are available to respond very quickly if we have an incident and we need extra help. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see how I can see how it's a, a good situation all around for everyone mm -hmm. involved, and with a few different types of vehicles too. I'm sure it makes officers feel more comfortable that they know exactly which one they're riding in right. that day. Um, I know you also mentioned salaries, and <clears throat> excuse me, I know that. A lot of people like to look at the salaries in our region and they say, well, why wouldn't this officer just go down to Charlotte and work at CMPD and get this much money? But there is a different appeal to working for a town like ours in this type of police department. And some of it is just the pace, like you said, and the nature of the work. And so I, I think that with the initiatives that we've taken in hand over the past few years, things have gotten a lot better. We're down to just one vacancy, mm -hmm. correct? And that's that's great to hear. I'm sure a couple of years ago, we never thought we'd get to this day. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest differences is, you know, here everybody knows each other. And we uh, created a motto recently, and the motto is family strong and community focused. And, and we really believe in that that family atmosphere, you know, not only with the police department itself, but also as a community. You know, we care about not only our families, but, mm -hmm. but everyone's family that lives here. And, and that, to me, that's the difference between us and a, a large agency. Mm -hmm. That's a great difference to, to make. So speaking of families... Uh, lots of families live in Cornelius, and lots of families are getting ready to celebrate the holiday season. Do we typically see an uptick in crime around the holiday season? Uh, we do. I was actually at a crime initiative committee meeting right before I came here, and, and one of my members was telling me about um, a package being stolen off of their porch. And, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, that becomes more and more common this time of year as people are having Christmas presents delivered and all that. So I would just ask everybody to to be vigilant. You know, if you can use an alternate address to have packages delivered, of course, that would be helpful but you know if you know your neighbors or a friend or something like that and mm -hmm. you know maybe you're at work and you don't get home till six o'clock but maybe they could go over there and check and you know if a package was delivered they can they can kind of hold on to it for you for you until you can get home mm -hmm. so but you know we we do see that that type of increase this time of year mm -hmm. is there anything else or is it mostly just the the package thefts um just larcenies and property crimes in general and, yeah. and kind of going back to what i was saying earlier you know just just be vigilant you know make sure that you know, your your vehicles are locked, all your items are secured in the trunk and, you know, mm -hmm. don't don't make yourself an, an easy victim, whether you're at home, whether you're at the shopping center, you know, just, just always be aware of your surroundings and, and think about the possibilities that, that someone may try to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, vigilance seems to be the real key. And speaking of stealing Christmas, I think it might be a good time to use the Grinch button if everyone can hear it coming out. There we go. <laughs> it's a little louder than I thought it'd be. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't have much time left, but I thank you for being here, Chief Bauckham. I know we've talked a lot about budget today, so I want to ask you, as the person who hosts the budget survey, how important is it that residents take it? So it is very important that the public take that and provide that feedback because, you know, the, the town really does look at that information and they they take everything that the, the residents say into consideration when they're determining what that final budget 
uh, includes. So mm -hmm. very important. Take it if you can. Yes, the budget survey does ask for your priorities as a resident, uh, and it specifically splits the budget up into different categories where funds can fall. Public safety is one of those, and so if you're an advocate for public safety, please go and share your opinion. And if you're not, also go share your opinion so that we can get an accurate read of what our community actually wants. Uh, the point of the budget survey is to build a comprehensive budget and one that is I can't take anything seriously with the Grinch music fading out in the background. <laughs> but the point of the budget is to have a very comprehensive understanding of what you all want. And so please go to Cornelius.org. We're at about 200 responses right now. And if we could get that up by the end of the day, I would be a very happy communications manager. Uh, just a couple upcoming events. Tomorrow, December 8th, is the last day to register for Deck the House, hosted by Parks and Recreation. Enter your dazzling home in the traditional or Griswold category for a chance to win big at Cornelius.org forward slash PR. Flashlight Candy Cane Dash is Saturday, but that is sold out, so put it on your calendar for next year and get there early. And you can catch CPD at the annual boat parade on December 16th. Thank you all for tuning in today. My name is Malin Joyner. Thank you, Chief Bauckham. Thank and you. I appreciate will, the opportunity. We'll catch you next week on About Town. Have a great day, Cornelius. From 1059 100.7, WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.